Welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. We are grateful for listeners like you. Let's get right into it. Well, welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. Uh, hey, we're sponsored by the Center for Marriage and Relationships uh, at Biola University. And here with me today is my lovely wife, Elisa. So, hey, how you doing, Chris? Hey, hey I'm, I'm doing pretty good. good. So at least we get to do a podcast because we work in this center and you co-direct the Center for Marriage and Relationships. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that for almost seven years, eight years now we're going on. Yeah. And I'm also uh, one of the directors and... Um, at least it's just been really fun to have a whole center dedicated to relationships at a university uh, and one that looks at relationships from a biblical perspective. And- oh, so healthy. I mean, to, to look at it from a biblical perspective, we look at it from a scientific perspective, really taking into account your background as a research psychologist, PhD, social psychologist, right. emphasis in experimental uh, social psychology it really brings a lot to bear. And then to take it and put it in really practical application where people can hear what we're talking about mm-hmm. and really start to put it into play and see a difference in their relationships, in their families, in their work environment. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I do too. And so we're going to get right into a podcast, but just one little small, uh, I guess, advertisement would be at least uh, there's a lot of resources for people. We have you know, a Facebook page, we have we a website. Mm-hmm. Our Facebook page is Biola University Center for Marriage and Relationships. Then we're also on Twitter yeah. and Instagram. And that is Biola CMR is our handle there. Okay. So uh, anyway, yeah, we'd love for you to check us out. Uh, we also have a really great website, Biola, uh, the cmr.biola.edu. Perfect. Well, let's uh, take this um, series and launch it uh, on the topic of emotions. Mm. And uh, let's let's talk about the emotional life of people. And, and here's, I, th- I think, Lisa, I'll just set the stage. It goes like this. All of us understand our emotions, but emotions play an extremely huge role in relationships that people m- understand. I mean, everything mm-hmm. seems like it's about an emotion, right? When, yeah. when two people connect, it feels like, oh, they make me happy. I love being with them. They make me laugh. I feel good about it. When, when, when we lose a relationship, we feel emotions of sadness mm, or anger grief. or grief, mm-hmm. right? So I think at that level, everybody, and it's just intuitive and makes common sense that we deal in a relational world with emotions as a high priority and or at the top of much of what we feel. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's interesting then I think is why then, Lisa, do you and I in our center um, and as we go around talking about relationships, uh, but also hearing people come to us with concerns in their marriages, in their mm-hmm. dating relationships, if they're just in friendships, friendships. they mm-hmm. seem to struggle most in the area of dealing with their emotions, mm-hmm. understanding them, processing them, feeling safe. Okay, yeah. let's, I'll say that again. Understanding them, processing their emotions, dealing with deeper hidden emotions, mm-hmm. feeling safe and setting boundaries, right? Right, right. absolutely. And as we go through and we look at it, I mean, scientifically, we see in studies that are done that relationships, healthy relationships play a central role to our physical and our emotional well-being, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And because we connect deeply with another person, I mean, that's just fundamental 
to being human. And, and it's, almost, it's just a core of who we are as humans. And research shows that when we do our relationships well, we experience better health. We recover from illness more quickly. We even live longer, Chris. Yeah. And so having healthy personal relationships is one of the strongest predictors of happiness and emotional well-being that psychologists have measured. That's it, incredible. Yeah, it really is, Elise, because... Um I think what ends up happening is people on, we, 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 we are emotional beings. God created us with emotions and we'll go over some passages that explain this. We, again, it's just clear that God experienced emotions. Mm-hmm. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, right? I mean, he experienced emotions, right? If you talk about what Jesus experienced, I mean, you could go through the list, but mm-hmm. we have passages that would show, okay, did Jesus ever experience anger? And the and people say, Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because righteous you know, anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he had righteous anger or he experienced things, you know, that we would say would be, you know, examples of, you know, lashing out at especially those, you know, who are doing things like, for example, selling things or making the marketplace a in place, the temple, in the temple, mm-hmm. not as a place mm-hmm. of worship. Mm-hmm. You know, he experienced joy. Uh, you know, people don't realize that one, but a lot, you know, he did, he did smile. He did sing yeah. with the, you know, disciples the, the night before his crucifixion yeah. or before, I guess, you know, the Friday before you right. know, he was mm-hmm. hung on the, the cross. The Passover. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. They sang together and he yeah. shows, go ahead. I even think we don't always see this portrayed in some of the movies um, about Jesus, but I think that it's one thing that I'm really into the chosen TV mm-hmm. series right now. Yeah. I Love it. I've been binge watching it. It is so good. If you have not seen it, you have to watch The Chosen. But one of the things I love about it is in their portrayal of Jesus, he has a sense of humor. He's so, uh, I mean, he's just so real in this. The disciples are so real and raw and relatable. So, I, but I think that's often an emotion of humor, uh, yeah. especially about Jesus that we overlook or we don't always think about. I think he probably had a pretty good sense of humor. Yeah. And I also think that um, he shows, um, I, by the way, that's it is a great series. And, and we have people who, our friends who, who've been able to work on that yeah. and, and, and uh, people that we know. And so we recommend it highly. Uh, at least I think with Jesus and emotions, it, it does. I mean, it probably is worth camping out here for a long time. I mean, he, you know, he did experience, of course, all of these things that we talk about sadness. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he Jesus wept, of course, you know, he, he, he of course experienced now the only one that, you know, maybe he didn't might've been fear. And, and I, but, some people claim, you know, while he was in the garden and, um, you know, and he went away and prayed, he came back, you know, with in the garden deep, of Gethsemane, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. deep distress. But, yeah. you know, the most common command in scripture is about an emotion. And that most common command in scripture about emotion says, do not fear. And mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. It was spoken to us. Mm-hmm. Those words, do not fear, were spoken to, to humans by God, mm-hmm. by Jesus, mm-hmm. by angels, by prophets and by apostles. Every one of them, angels of all, said, do not fear. 
Do not fear. You know, in fact, I don't know. I've heard it said that you can find that commandment about 360 sometimes in the Bible, which is about oh, wow. one a day. You yeah, know? yeah. But it's the most common command. And so, okay, one of the most common commands in Scripture is about emotions. Jesus had a full emotional life. God talks a lot about emotions and human mm-hmm. emotions, and they get us, they get us in trouble. Mm-hmm. They make us happy. Mm-hmm. So let's spend some time talking about emotions. That sounds like, great. Yeah. So emotions 1.0, everybody understands the primary emotions, Lisa. And I think, you know, we could go over, you know, just things, you know, there are lots of different numbers of emotions 1.0, but you take a one, two, three-year-old child, and what's one of our most common things that we do is we teach them to identify their mm-hmm. emotions, right? Yeah, I can remember one time when um, our our middle daughter, Natalie, I think she was probably in first grade, and she had had a hard time at school that day. And she came home, and I could tell that, that she was a little bit out of sorts. And so I was asking her, Natalie, what's wrong? Did something happen at school today? And and she got very sad, and she yeah. got big tears. Her eyes welled up with tears, and, and she was very sad. She said, Mommy, my friends didn't play with me today. Mm-hmm. And so I could tell that she was very sad, but I wanted to really help her understand that emotion. And and so I was able to help her articulate and say, wow, Natalie, I can tell you're sad. I bet that that probably made you feel really left out and, and maybe rejected. Is that right? And she said, yeah. And she shook her head and she told me a little bit more about what had happened that day, but that was such a prime teaching moment as a parent to help my my six or seven year old be able to label an emotion even even deeper than just I'm sad. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I remember you told me the story, you know, later on that day, or maybe Natalie did, and she used those words, and I remember that was the day I almost went to prison because I was going <laughs> to kill some little, you know, five-year-old You beat up a seven-year-old. I, I was, man. I'm like, hey, you include that girl. <laughs> and you just got to be real careful, man. That's so that, right. that emotion. That gets could, your mama, mama bear and papa bear emotions going. Yeah. So we get, we help our three-year-olds, two-year-olds, uh, even our younger, you know, even children teenagers. And, and teenagers help mm-hmm. identify things like this, right? Emotions that we probably most, you know, recognize as those would be anger, right? Right. Happiness, mm-hmm. sadness, surprise. That's an emotion mm-hmm. and interest. Surprise, oh, yeah. fear, mm-hmm. and disgust. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's six. Now, different researchers in the field of psychology and, and others in emotions, you know, might describe 12 or might only have a core of three or four. But six is kind of the... I think if you just took a, looked at a the general primary. number, the primary mm-hmm. emotions, and of course you have secondary emotions, mm-hmm. like if you mix some of those, right? So if you were to mix, well, we, you know, we could do a whole quiz. What if you were to mix certain emotions? So let, let's try this. If you mixed awe, like somebody is, um, fear is, is fear and surprise. Mm-hmm. You go, oh. <gasps> like mm-hmm. awe, right? Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just so like that. What? If, what if 
you mixed anger and disgust, what would we Ooh. get? Yeah, you're disgusted. Contempt. Yeah, that's contempt. right. Contempt would mm-hmm. be exactly the secondary emotion. And I think these are harder for our kids to identify. Like, you know, I, I feel angry and mad. Or, you know, like if you're sad and disgusted, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you don't like something and it makes you very sad. It's it maybe something you did and you're disgusted with yourself, let's say, or sad. You could feel remorse. Wow. So, so so what you're saying is that even just being able to recognize an emotion and yeah. put a label on it is really powerful. Oh, yeah. It's exactly what you did with Natalie. I mean, it's, right. it's, she kind of nods her head like, yeah, that's it. And, and, and why and, is that so powerful, Chris? Well, I think because the reason is, is because it gives us our emotions aren't just the six primary. In fact, you would think of it, that's like an iceberg. We can identify those mm-hmm. pretty quickly as kids um, with some help. But the problem comes in is when we go deeper. So Mm -hmm. let's just say you feel you're angry and disgusted and sad. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? You know, and you could could talk to somebody and say, it just made me so angry, but it made me so sad. And I was so disgusted this happened. We would maybe call that word be dismayed. Mm -hmm. Well, to be able to do that is really not easy. It's really not easy because it's not in our vocabulary. So Lisa, let's go to emotions 2.0. If you wanted to help a relationship thrive, if you want to help people do well, whether it's parent to child, Mm -hmm. whether it's processing with your teachers in school, whether it's helping your kids process with each other, we need to be able to go at a deeper level and understand our emotions deeper. Why? Well, because it just seems like it will help do something when we understand it at a deeper level, right? Yeah, I think I think what it does is when um, when I'm able to label my emotions, and for me, of all things, it's harder for me to to do that internal processing and that have that self awareness than I know it is for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, the stereotype is that is that women can do it, but men can't. But it's actually easier for you to do it, and it's harder for me. Mm-hmm. But when uh, when I'm able to understand my own emotions mm-hmm. and really put a label on it and communicate that to you, and you're able to receive it and and embrace that and carry that with me and not judge me, but mm-hmm. instead it makes me feel accepted, it yeah. makes me feel known, yeah. and it makes me feel loved and yeah. connected. Yeah. And so if, do you remember the um, the MRI study that was done when they put two people in an MRI machine? Mm-hmm. And what they were doing is they were mapping the brain mm-hmm. to see where the emotions, what part of the brain would light, would light up during conflict mm-hmm. in particular. So they put two people in the MRI machines. Their brains are all hooked up to the, the machine. They have the, the little wires. And then they had the people ensue uh, in a conflict, begin talking and having a conversation about a recent conflict they had. And what they noticed was right in the middle of the brain, the amygdala lit up. And that's where the emotions, right back in the back there, where it processes the emotional content of a message. And that was lighting up on the screen for the researchers. During their conflict, it was just like pow, 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 lighting up. And so what they did is they they then gave 
each of the people in the MRI machine a list of emotions. And they had them identify the emotion and the definition of it during their conflict and to begin talking about it. And what they noticed was that the activity of the brain, as they labeled that emotion and talked about it, it moved it from the amygdala, that emotional part, to the frontal cortex, which processes logically. Mm-hmm. And they were able to talk about it with less emotion, but with more uh, problem-solving capacity. Mm. And so it's like that's the key, when you it? do that, it just drains that emotional energy that might be driving that conflict yeah. just to be able to label that emotion, to, to be able to, to communicate it to the other person and for the other person to be able to receive it and hear it. Gee, I, I, I think we need to camp out there for just one wow. second. So what you said yeah. was if a person is in a conflicted type of relationship with whomever they might find themselves in it with, that what happens initially is you feel this strong surge of emotion, right? And it, and it could be the anger, it could be mm-hmm. disgust, it could be sadness, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's probably very much this, you know, at the, at the front of us. And that amygdala in this yeah. study sounds like it just goes overboard and so what comes out is yelling or or sadness or crying or running away or fear Mm -hmm. and then the study seemed to say hey hold on now i want you to be able to identify and label this and then it moved it from there as you mentioned to the place where they can now begin to process what was going on Mm -hmm. in a much calmer way i think just processing in a calmer way what if we gave you the secret to processing your conflict in a calmer way. I mean, okay, this isn't a, I think this is probably the key point for this podcast. What if there was a tool? What if there was a little golden nugget that we could give you that could say you can process and talk about conflict with another person without letting your deep emotions overwhelm you and you could do it with a couple of simple steps and one of those simple steps is just first of all learning to label the emotion that you're experiencing now and it's not just the primary emotion it's learning to label what we're going to call emotions point you know two mm-hmm. right or point right. two or one point two or whatever you want to call it and it's a deeper level And so, Lise, what are these hidden below that, let's say, Mm -hmm. iceberg of anger, sadness, fear, surprise? There's a whole vast array. And this study says we can process in a cool, calm, rather than a hot Mm -hmm. and attacking type of, you know, conversation with somebody. Yeah, I think one of the problems with conflict is that um, is that our emotions can run away with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we just feel attacked. We feel misjudged. We feel, um, you know, like we're not being heard and our emotions can just get away with us. Mm-hmm. So if there was a way to tap the brakes, so mm-hmm. to speak, this is the way to do that, Ooh, to good. be able to understand what you're feeling and then to be able to communicate it to your partner whether it's your child, whether uh-huh. it's your parent, your spouse, your coworker, your boss, yeah. uh, an angry neighbor, you know, whatever the situation is, to do it in a really healthy way. Okay, let's do two things then. For uh, for y'all listening to this podcast, um, here's this gold nugget, I think, and that is to be able to deal with your conflicts in a much healthier way 
mm-hmm. calm manner while still identifying your emotions and then being heard. So let's do this, Lisa. Let's talk about what some of those emotions are at the mm-hmm. deeper level, mm-hmm. right, that we're talking about. Let's give some names. Okay. And we even have, if you listen, listeners out there, write this down, record these, because these can be extremely helpful. And then what we need to do at that point is, um, once we give you some of these names, if, if you don't write fast enough, guess what? We even have a handout that we can make available that lists these emotions. All you got to do is contact us at cmr.biola.edu and mm-hmm. ask for this handout on identifying your emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we call it different things. So let's do that. And then let's give them an example. Okay. And this isn't just the negative, but it's also positive emotions, right? right? And so let's say some of the, some of the positive emotions yeah. we might talk about would be feeling accepted, supported. Yeah. So, uh, so describe what that means. In an emotional level, what, what, when you say you feel accepted, what does that mean? Well, that, I think that would mean that you feel known, you feel acknowledged and mm-hmm. recognized, oh, okay. and, and that they uh, they don't hold it against you, that that you, they communicate to you, you're, you're still okay, even though uh, in, the, in this situation, I see you, I know you, and I accept you. So okay. my that just means like my friend approves of me and accepts me, yeah. and I feel valued. Okay, give us another one. Okay, so like um, let's say it makes me feel important when you do something uh, that make it, it might make me feel important. That means like significant, relevant, yeah. or honored. Yeah. So um, when I feel significant to you or to my friend, I, it makes me feel like I'm a priority yeah. to you. Another one might feel uh, be competent. Mm-hmm. That's a a big one for me, I think, Give especially for you, you as feeling valuable, successful, or capable. So how does that work? So tell me, give us, give us an example of what that means for you if it's important and in, in that you mm. you want to be, at, at times, uh, uh, if I say to you, Lisa, man, that was... Or, or, you know, is it praise? I can, I, yeah, I can think of a great example. This uh, In the last year and a half, I don't know if our listeners know, but uh, you actually went through uh, colon cancer three, stage three cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, you, you it was a, man, that, that cancer treatment kicked our butts. Yeah. It really did. It, it was as rough as people say. Yeah. But while you were so incapacitated and so sick from the chemo, so weak from the surgery, the radiation, it was really up to me to navigate all of the medical issues going mm-hmm. on, the appointments, yeah. things with our kids that were happening, uh, just household things that normally you might take care of some of those. But yeah. it was really left up to me. And it was, it was a lot on my plate on some days. Mm-hmm. And there were many times that you just paused and you took notice of it. And you told me, Lise, thanks for holding the fort down while I'm so sick. Thanks for taking such good care of our family. Thanks for taking such good care of me. You're you're making wise decisions and you're really doing well. And man, that just really, that tapped into that emotion of feeling competent, that emotional need to feel competent. Like you feel like I'm contributing, like you think I'm smart, you think I'm good at what I do, and you approved of me. And so that was that was life giving in a time where I was really being I mean, not not to put the focus on me because you were the one going through the treatment. But it was really tough for me as the caregiver, very draining um, at the time 
through it for a year and a half. And to have you acknowledge it on that deeper mm-hmm. emotion 2.0 level rather mm-hmm. than, hey, thanks, I really, you're doing a good job. Yeah. You really said you're you're carrying it well, making wise mm-hmm. decisions. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It was more and, meaningful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I do not recommend going through uh, chemo or colon cancer <laughs> stage three for anybody just to help your emotions and being able <laughs> yeah. to process and express uh-uh. them. Okay, yeah. so here's the idea then, ready? And I think, Lisa, there's another interesting point that you just brought out. If you really want to do this well in conflict, identifying your negative emotions, it might be helpful to start with your positive emotions. Yeah, practice with those. Practice that. So Mm -hmm. if somebody does something and says something to you, and you said, Lisa, just now, it made me feel valuable, successful, or competent, Mm -hmm. and and capable. Mm -hmm. Well, to be able to say Mm -hmm. that is really helpful because you're labeling now a little bit more about your soul. And here's what's important to me as a spouse is to be able to hear or as a, hear another person, what does make them feel, you know, this way? I, I want you to feel good and whatever and competent. And so to be able to express that when you do something like that, really feeds your soul and who you are. And it's probably, you know, why we like other people that are our friends, because they make us feel something like, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, I might feel the need to feel, you know, let's say cherished or um, understood. I think a big one for me might be that I want to be, you know, recognized or appreciated or or understood. I don't like Mm -hmm. being misunderstood or I don't know, at least maybe you could pick out some Mm -hmm. other ones like that. But Mm-hmm. So there's a, the that's a one way to do it, right? You take the positives. Mm-hmm. So let's list some of those just real quickly. If you're writing them down, Elisa used the word competent. Mm-hmm. She used you, you talked about Lisa feeling accepted, mm-hmm. and you Ad, can look up admired. These, admired, is a good one. Uh, praised. Yeah. So admired, praised. Uh, all of these could be used. You look up, uh, look them up in a dictionary. The words mm-hmm. we're giving you right now, we have definitions. But uh, what's another one, Lise? Um, understood. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. If you feel peaceful. Ooh, I love you know, that peaceful, one. Peaceful, informed. Mm-hmm. You know that you're aware, familiar, up to date with things. Yes. How about satisfied? Right, I'm content. Oh, I'm yeah. Fulfilled, mm-hmm. or I just feel content in my relationship. I'm satisfied. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's the point. Start by looking at the positive emotions. Think through those. Mm-hmm. Identify. Take that list we just gave you. Write them down. Mm-hmm. Hit replay on this podcast. Go back. Write them down. Look them up in a dictionary if you want. And then be able to start. Ident- when this good thing happened, how mm-hmm. did it make you feel? And then when it made you feel that, what did you do? Or how did you respond, right? Yeah. So if I ever feel understood and listened to, what ends up for me happening is I feel like, oh, they get me. And uh, they have a, a, a good impression of me. If I don't, the opposite is exactly taking all the positives and coming mm-hmm. up with, with a negative with a version. Negative. Mm-hmm. And those are the hard ones. So if you want, let's start at the very beginning, Lisa. If, if, if the opposite of feeling accepted is feeling... Rejected. Yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. So now you get to see, well, ooh, every time I have a good emotion or I feel good about myself mm-hmm. or I feel acknowledged, I like feeling accepted. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. My friend accepts me. I feel valued. The opposite, and mm-hmm. that's the negative emotion, is if you feel rejected, unwanted. Right. So mm-hmm. Natalie came to you and expressed, I just feel unwanted. I didn't mm-hmm. feel you know, desired by my friends. And you helped mm-hmm. so they didn't make you feel rejected or not mm-hmm. important. She said, yes. Unloved. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she said she felt maybe 
but to her to feel accepted mm-hmm. and loved is right. the positive of that. So I, let's take the next one. And I love that example okay. because that would be an example of a parent uh, yeah. or a child to a parent, a mm-hmm. child expressing their emotion to a parent. How about as a parent to a child? Yeah. Like uh, I can remember having some conversations with our teenagers, you know, when we've asked them to do a chore, specifically ask them to take care of something. And when it didn't happen, when they didn't follow through, I mean, the, the, let's say that it happened two or three times. Then I could stop and say, hey, you know what? When I asked you to clean your room two days ago, you didn't do it. I reminded you yesterday and today it's still not done. Can I just share that when I ask you to do something and you don't do it, it makes me feel unheard. Like you don't think I'm important and it makes me feel very disrespected by you. And so, uh, you know, I would really appreciate if you would get in there and clean that room, because Mm -hmm. when you do, that makes me feel like what I think is important to you. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel respected by you and heard by you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I remember we we even have our had our kids um, say that uh, to each other. What happened, uh, Natalie, when you felt like Drew uh, took your toys and didn't put them back? And Natalie would say, uh-huh. well, it made me feel like maybe you didn't love, love me. me. <laughs> and so when you didn't put my toy, you took my toys. I, I didn't did, feel fair. I didn't feel fair and uh-huh. right. And so... And Drew would have to then say, so, Natalie, what you're saying is when I took your toy without asking, it made you feel unloved and not fair. And is that right? And Natalie would say, yeah, it made me feel sad. And it made you feel yeah. sad. Okay, I won't yeah. do that again. I'm sorry. And, so, and think, how, think how wonderful it would feel by the person expressing those emotions to feel, um, to feel known and seen and accepted at the same time. Isn't that what everybody wow. wants in life? Yeah. I mean, from to to feel known, to feel seen. Mm-hmm. If people feel unseen, unknown, unheard, you begin to see a diminished soul, a person isolated, who, yeah, and who alone. is lonely mm-hmm. and isolated. It's the opposite of yeah. this. So, I so here's the nugget, y'all. Listen, it, it really is about. Taking some of these deeper emotional 2.0 things, accepted, rejected, if you don't, supported, what's the opposite of that? If, you know, you feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa, the, with the clear one, if you feel important, you want to feel important, that's a positive. Mm-hmm. And the opposite would be unimportant, right? Mm-hmm. What's another one? Uh, well, like a positive one might be uh, that something is fair. It mm-hmm. comes across as fair. You feel there, that that they're fair-minded versus cheated. You feel cheated like Mm -hmm. something is not fair. You were tricked or defrauded or you feel taken advantage of. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. just do one or two more. You feel cherished. I think oh, in some relationships, right? Cherished is you feel valued or treasured or appreciated. You can see how some of these bl- you know blend together. Mm-hmm. But I feel greatly valued in a relationship and che- treasured. Then I want to invest in this relationship, and I mm-hmm. I need to encourage that. You know, uh, under, but if I don't, the opposite is I feel flawed or defective, right? I feel mm-hmm. worthless, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not uh, valued. Yeah, at all. not valued. Yeah. So, Lisa, we're giving the listeners really this very important truth, yeah. and that is to be able to identify at a deeper level the emotions they experience, good, mm-hmm. 
helps them to identify when they feel in when they're in conflict. Right. When and the they, and the payoff for being able to do this, Chris, is that your relationship, whoever it's with, is stronger, you feel more deeply connected, and there is a deeper sense of intimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we talk on this deeper level, we don't normally do that, right? right. We don't come into work saying, well, I'm feeling very uh, defective. I'm feeling unloved or dissatisfied. You know, we just don't talk that way. Mm-hmm. But when we're able to share with each other those deeper 2.0 emotions and maybe where they're coming from, maybe why you feel that way, we're, we're sharing on a more intimate vulnerable basis Mm -hmm. and when that's treated with care and respect by the other person and you feel accepted then that's where a deeper intimacy is fostered Mm -hmm. and you feel more deeply connected your relationship is stronger Mm -hmm. and healthier and that's where you're able to weather the tough times yeah Uh, and i and i think this this becomes a not just a um an exercise that is done in relationships, maybe that you're thinking about, maybe when I go into work or with my colleagues. I mean, it could be used in, in, in so many different areas, but it's not just, you know, a, a simple exercise that, you know, doesn't, I don't know, pays off and you forget about it. This is something that you use in every relationship mm-hmm. all of the time, even with God. I mean, we could talk to God this way, and oh, I think many yeah. people need to. God, I, I just don't feel valued right now, or maybe I don't feel secure with you, and I don't know why, but how come I can't trust you? Do you have my best interest in mind? And God, mm. I don't know if I feel secure because I don't feel trust, I don't know if I can trust you because I don't know if you have my best interest in mind because that person is hurtful to me or that relationship is gone. Or you didn't answer my prayer the way I thought you were going to. And at least so we could just see this not as an exercise only in a relationship. On a human level. On a human, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. God clearly wants us knows us. He knows us deeply, knows us thoroughly, right? He knows a thought before it's there. He made us Mm -hmm. in Psalm 139 in a deep way. And I think if we get good with this, we, we could do this in our relationship with God. Absolutely. You, you referenced Psalm 139 just then, mm-hmm. how David recounts how deeply intimate the Lord knows him. And yet at the end of that chapter, what does he say? Mm-hmm. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Yeah. Well, why does God need, why does he need to God to try him and know his anxious thoughts? He just spent a whole chapter saying that God did know him that mm-hmm. way. Well, I think it's because he needed God to point that out in his own heart. Mm-hmm. So David could know his own emotions, his deeper 2.0 emotions, not just, uh, I know that something's bugging me, God. There's a there's that kick in the gut that I feel, but mm-hmm. I can't put a label on it. Mm-hmm. And that's where these list of emotions that we have and we can make available to our listeners. They just, you know, uh, write in for it. We'll be happy to uh, email that to you. But uh uh, that, that's where we get that emotional closeness with the Lord, being able to be raw yeah. without being afraid because you know you'll be accepted. And, and, and I think, uh, Lisa, the other thing that as we go over these emotions at 2.0, I think one other thing to recognize is, is that our, our emotional reactions, those things that we feel, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be judged as good or bad. 
I mean, you know, they, they're not right or wrong. Just because I feel unloved, unvalued, not admired, out of control, that doesn't make it wrong or bad. But sometimes I think we feel that like, mm-hmm. oh, this is bad. I shouldn't feel this. Or I can't talk to God about that or express that to him. Mm-hmm. But I think we really need to rather use these things as information Maybe on the status of the condition of our hearts or of our souls. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is interesting. God already knows that. He knows you're frustrated. knows you, maybe you're dealing with the trust issue. Maybe, And so to be able to speak it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It, I think people need to be able to see these emotions more as information about, oh, I wonder what mm-hmm. this means. What's going on in my heart or soul when I feel so unloved, uncherished? Where am I getting my feelings of feeling cherished? Is it from another person? God, why am I feeling so unvalued? Is who I am related to how this other person views me? Mm. Or is this related, God, to your view of me? And where am I wrong with this? God, why do I feel so out of control? Like everything is outside of my awareness or everything is outside of my ability to do. And to feel uncontrolled Mm. makes me feel all of these things like powerless, helpless. I'm incapable. I can't change this situation. And I think this is where if we express that, God can start talking about what does he mean when he creates us as a human being with his image and capable of calling out to him. Mm -hmm. And he provides that. And so if I feel that on a human level, am I really accurately understanding my heart and my soul? Mm. And what's going on there? What is my view of how's my view of God tied into this? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. So just kind of maybe in a summary, I guess, Lisa, what we're saying is that we all have these different, you know, reactions, personality kind of differences. Some of us, you know, are a little bit more outgoing or expressive. Others are maybe a little bit more anxious or less comfortable with change. But we're all very similar in that we need to feel safe and secure and happy. We want affection, right? Absolutely. And and no one... Uh, likes to feel unloved or unvalued or disrespected. And so I think what happens is what we're saying is gaining insight into those reactions is important for relationship intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, it may be one of the keys to intimacy is understanding these these reactions and to be able to connect with another person. Oh, that's good. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, um, Lisa, in summary, as we as we look at these, we're, what we're saying is practice on some of these deeper emotions, identifying them, labeling them, understanding them, maybe taking them to God, you know, as the psalmist, as you mentioned, did, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you express who you are before God. Yeah. And that I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah, just to be able to say, God, why, why is this really, I can feel this in the pit of my stomach. Why is this bothering me? Why does this yeah. tick me off? Why does this make me feel so sad? Yeah. I need you to help me understand yeah. and to really invite the Lord into that process. Yeah. Don't run away from it. Don't shove it down. Don't just ignore it and, and try to press it away. But instead, God is a big God. He can handle it if it's toward him or toward somebody else. He's okay with you expressing your emotions, Mm -hmm. and he wants you to invite him into it. He delights to hear your heart. Even if it it cannot always be positive, you know, he's okay with that. And he delights... 
He delights to meet the needs of his children. Yeah, I love when you mentioned Psalm 139, the idea of search me and know my heart and then test me and know my anxious thoughts, mm-hmm. right? I, so at least let's just, let's just end here. Uh, some of us are really good at this and can identify, um, you know, maybe go at a deeper level and, and already do this a lot. Others could use some help in this and pause and take some time. And, and I would just suggest for some of you, like, oh, who cares about emotions? But I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, I do think if you want to get along better at work, you know, mm-hmm. with your colleagues, with your peers, with yep. the people that report to you, if you want to have a better relationship with your children, if you want to just have friends and go deeper with them and feel more heard and understood to practice this stuff would oh, yeah. be very important. Absolutely. And it, it, it's just the grease of the wheels in relationships. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It makes it better, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It sure does. Yeah. So Lisa, then um, we'll give it to you if you call and, uh, or, or I'm sorry, if you, even if you email us in, uh, it'd probably be better than if you call because who knows where we're at in the office these days. But just, yeah, just reach out to us at biola.cmr.edu. You can also reach us again on Twitter or on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. So we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions too that you would like for us to answer, just send those in mm-hmm. and we'll work them into one of our podcasts when we do uh, questions from listeners. Well, let's do this, Lisa. This podcast, we'll call it Emotion. 2.0, something like that. Let's take now the next topics uh, on our next podcast. Things like what is emotional? What are emotional boundaries? How do I set them up? Right. I love that. Yeah, let's do that. And then emotional safety. Mm-hmm. When do I feel safe? Um, and then, you know, if we did boundaries and, and safety, what, what do you oh, think? Oh, gosh, and, we've got a host. We, and we then, could do 20 podcasts just on emotions, I and think. And then well, let's do another one maybe on emotional needs. Oh, uh, good. The I needs love that, that we all have in general. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's good talking with you. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Had yep. a great time today. Yep. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to The Art of Relationships. This podcast is only made possible through generous donations from listeners just like you. If you like it and want to help keep the podcast going, visit our website at cmr.biola.edu and make a donation today.